Diamonds speak a boo. Ooh, woo. I done fought the crew. Ooh, woo. I done did the robbing. I done did the jacking. Now I'm full rapping. All right, we're live. What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode three of the Buzz Pod. Um, we're your hosts, Nico Blatchman and Chase Harwell. Uh, today, we're going to do a bit of a different intro. We're going to uh, talk about us a little bit. We're going to be selfish. So, uh, I'm going to start it off by saying uh, actually, we're going to start off with the bad and we're going to lead into a good and then into a story from Chase. And then into an unbelievable interview featuring our special guest. So the bad that we're going to start with is yeah, this week. It. Let's hear it. Um, Let them know. The Sheriff Mobile, <laughs> which is uh, my beautiful black Jeep Wrangler. It's got the Sheriff uh, license plate for those of you guys that don't know. Because the, I'm the uh, Sheriff. This, special, this, 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 this kid's got a, a license plate that has Sheriff. I don't, got it. I don't got it. No, I don't got it. I had it. You had it. You I had, had it. it because earlier this week, I was in my house, sitting on my couch, while some genius walked up to my car with an iPad, hacked in, <laughs> and took it from me. Right out <laughs> from in front of the crib. <laughs> yeah. Guy comes Straight banging out in front of my house. Nuts. Yo, guy. It, for those of you who don't know, me and Blatch, we live in the same um, apartment building. Guy starts knocking at my door at 12 o'clock, right? What the fuck's going on, man? Open the door. Yo, my fucking car is gone. What do you mean your car is gone? We're thinking the boy is fucking, I don't know, pulled one on him or something. Maybe he left his spare key hanging around. Nah, man. Cops come over. What were what, what they saying to you? They, they said it was a guy with an iPad, right? Yeah, they said they do it with iPads, and it's been happening a lot in this area. So uh, if you live in my area... Uh, if you live in NDG, lock your car, man. Yeah. Well, my Actually, car is locked. Yeah. Actually, there's no way around it. If you live in NDG, and you got a nice-looking Jeep, you're pretty much fucked. So, uh, yeah. That's all I got to say about that. Get a garage, or um, get your Jeep stolen. So, cheers. Um, then we're gonna lead it to, um, my first ever, uh, U Sports Point. Yeah, the uh, positive, the positive. A primary apple, not, not just an apple, not a secondary apple. It was a primary apple. Um, uh, my 10th game, so not a big deal. 10 double games di- in? Double digits big and, deal. uh, get my first point, so... Uh, I don't know. I'd say uh, I thought I would have ten by now, but uh, I'll take one. And uh, one's better than none. Yeah, one's definitely better than none. That's huge. Right before Christmas break, last uh, last game before Christmas break. So I pretty much am on a point streak. Not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> I get to carry this point streak all the way into Christmas break. So uh, be quite a bender. But um, anyway, uh, also found out if you follow me on if you have me as a friend on Facebook. Check out my first Q goal. Oh, man. Um, oh, man. If anyone heard our first guest, Carl Neal, he's a pretty big deal. Drafted uh, in the National Hockey League and all that. And, uh, yeah, pretty much outworked him in the corner. Um, I was 17 years old. He was the captain of uh, his team. And uh, outworked him. Dished it to uh, Joseph Villino. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He got exceptional status in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, actually, I dished it to Boko Imama, good friend of mine. Actually, one of my best friends. And uh, then he gave it to Villino. Villino shot it. 
And then uh, there I was, back door, out working Carl Neal again to bury my first ever <laughs> Keon JHL goal. And uh, yeah, Sally grabbed ice, jumped into the boards. One of the happier days of my life. So yeah, I love that. Anyway, shout out to Carl for, uh, yeah, not out working me because I'm a harder worker than him. Carl, you're taking that one to the grave, bro. And uh, if you haven't heard uh, our last pod featuring Ethan Frank, please check that check out. Check that out, man. Awesome interview. He gave us a lot of really good insight. Um, it's something you don't want to miss. Really, really check that check that out, man. Don't want to say too much about it, but if you haven't listened, go listen, man. Wait one sec. Back to my first youth sports point before <laughs> Chase gets into something. Um, I just want to kind of take you guys through it. So basically, um, our defenseman Gabriel Bilodeau, he <laughs> broke the puck out to me. I was in front of him. I was wide open. So he did the right thing. He gave it to me. Right? I had pressure coming. I see the guy coming. I'm approaching our blue line. And I just kind of, I think my teammate is cross ice. Because uh, that's where he should be. And I'm about to get absolutely smoked. So I rip it cross ice. And then I get hit into the board. So I didn't see what happened. But apparently, the puck hit the boards and then landed right on his tape. And then he took it in. Jake Fletcher, shout out to you, number 20 at Concordia University. And he uh, buried it five hole by accident. He was trying to dish it back door. And he buried it five <laughs> hole. And uh, I sell it harder than he did. Because, uh, yeah, that's my first U Sports point. And uh, fucking right. So I, huge, uh, I got to go out that night and uh, had a great night. And, uh, yeah. Let's celebrate, man. Hey, congratulations. On that, That's Thank great. you. I appreciate that. And uh, if you guys want to tweet out tweet out at me about my uh, congratulations about my first point, I don't mind. You know? I'll, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give Embrace it a retweet. Fuck it. Embrace that. All right, man. Well, yeah, again, congratulations, man. That's the first of many. You know what? You just needed one to open the gates, yeah, right? You know, the is. classic fucking... Yeah. It was a perfect uh, game too. I chose it. I cho- I wanted this to play out this way, just so I can go into break on a point streak. Yeah, exactly. So absolutely, absolutely. I hear you. All right, guys. I, I did. I wanted to get into something. Um, something that's, I kind of want to get off my chest. Um, it concerns like actually one of my one of my best friends actually from home. Uh, I'm not gonna drop his name. I don't think it matters too much. Um, but just for the context, it's good to hear. Um. If you're a pro guy or or a stud junior guy or just a youth guy or anybody that cares listening, um, in at all, I just I just wanted to put out there that it's not about all the time the league that you're in or the or the um or the actual like the caliber that you're playing. Um, obviously from our perspective, from my perspective, and from my buddies, he's gotten fucked over. Um, he deserves to be in a different position than he is right now. But as we all know, sometimes that's how things go, unfortunately, with hockey. So I wanted to emphasize something that actually me and Blatch talk about. Um, actually, on a daily, actually, a lot, it gets tossed around the room a lot, this phrase. And it's trust the process, man. And when you're trusting the process, what you're doing is actually just believing in your own potential. So if you're a hockey player, especially, listen to this. It's not always about that league that you're in or the caliber. It's about focusing on your craft. And improving yourself as a player and a person. Because you're going to learn something playing for any team um, with any organization. And applying that knowledge, it's, it's, it's really up to you. So if you're hanging your fucking head worrying about expectations um, of what you think you should be rather than where you actually are. You're basically just wasting time and fooling yourself with that bullshit thought. 
Um, like how many guys do you know? Think about it. How many guys do you know that quit hockey or anything else in general because they didn't meet their own expectations? So things, you got to know, things aren't always going to go your fucking way. And because we keep it real on the on the pod here, if you're a player somewhere and you think you should be in a different situation, but you aren't due to whatever reasons, take a second, look at yourself in the mirror and, and address that shit internally. And... Like, lose the baggage, man. Lose those negative thoughts because all it's doing is producing negative results for you. Um, as you know, me and Blatch were still playing. And uh, we got our own demons and our own negative thoughts and all that bullshit. Um, but if you have any questions or just something that you want to get off your chest, you can hit us with a DM. We'd be happy to fucking hash it out. Again, we're not experts. I'm not a fucking expert. Neither is Blatch. But we, we do have our own processes and we do have our own experiences. Um, also, if you wanted to reach out to any of the guys that we've had on the podcast, that's cool too. Carl Neal, he's an NHL draft pick. Ethan Frank. Like, these guys, these are, these are serious players. You know what I mean? And you can find their contact information through our descriptions or, or you can use us to get in touch with them. Um, but, man... Don't, don't it, it again again just kind of just just a thought that I've been having like it's something that I wanted to get off my chest so whatever situation you're in man you kind of just just gotta battle through like we said on one of our previous podcasts you're only fucking done when you quit man so I just want to get that out there trust the fucking process brother yeah that was awesome uh, I just want to touch on that for a second because you said I wasn't an expert I'm actually kind of an expert on this <laughs> and uh, yeah so I want to say. Uh, I say trust the process all the time. For those of you who follow me on Instagram, uh, I put that up all the time. And it's because uh, at the end of the day, we all have expectations for ourselves and sometimes we don't meet them. Um, I mean, I for sure expected when I was younger to be like in the National Hockey League by now. At the end of the day, like, what are you going to what are you going to do about it? You know, and uh, everyone has their own process. And that's you, your process, your process makes who you are. Like me, I was a suitcase. I was a, I was, I am the definition of a suitcase. I played for 10 different junior hockey teams. I played for so many leagues, but like, you know what? I look back and maybe, maybe I would have stayed in the queue for a little longer, but, uh, I wouldn't change most of it. You know why? Because I learned in every single spot that I played at, I learned something from every single place and I keep that with me and uh, I remember every single spot and uh, at the end of the day I got to live in a bunch of different places so haha for free fuck you um so yeah with that being said um Chase you got anything else you want to tell the 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 listeners man I think uh that pretty much caps it for the for the intro for me at least I'm pretty excited to get uh get going all right and now for our guest today he was a fourth round, 61st overall pick to the Ramuski Oceanic in the QMJHL and cracked the squad as a 16-year-old. Not a big deal. A current stud and assistant captain on the Gatineau Olympiques, the first ever active QMJHL player to come on the buzz pod, number 27, Carson McKinnon. Not related to Nathan. <laughs> What's up, uh, bud? Thanks no for coming problem. on, man. No problem, man. Thanks for having me, boys. Sweet, sweet. You List. get that? You get that a lot? Are people thinking you're uh, related to uh, to Nate? Uh yeah, actually, quite a bit, especially um, being from the the Maritimes. Um, it's something I get quite a bit, especially from uh, younger kids um, growing up. Like my my brother has a hockey school and stuff in the summer, so. Um, oh yeah. There's all kinds of people that uh, 
have asked if I'm related to him. Unfortunately, I'm not, but I do have an older brother. I did play against Nathan for a few years, so unfortunately, I'm not related to him, but um, yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool. Listen, Carson, um, actually, um, you were a uh, former University of Maine commit to the NCAA, but you ended up playing five. This is your fifth year in the queue. Tell us about um, your process kind of right before going to the queue and kind of what were your influences to going with the queue over NCAA? Uh, it was actually. Um kind of funny how I committed to Maine. Um, my brother, uh, he played in Ramuski for three years in the queue um, from 17 to 19, and he was traded to Charlottetown. So when I got traded to, uh, I mean, drafted to Ramuski, sorry, it was it was pretty cool just because I was, I was kind of familiar with the city, just watching him play. and I knew what it was like there, so it was pretty cool um, to be drafted there. So um, I went into my summer, uh, and when I was 15, going into my 16-year-old year, um, I was gonna go to training camp and, and try and make the team, uh, but I was uh, I was pretty small. Um, I think when I came to camp, I weighed in at like one forty four, like five ten or something like that. Like, one forty four, wow! Holy fuck! Yeah. So um, I trained all summer. Uh, was was going to Ramuski camp, and then um, I was training at UPEI, uh, where like they have a hockey school it's called Andrews Hockey School, and every year they have. Um, a showcase. I think it goes from like Adam to to Junior. You trained. And, uh, there's a few Div One. There, there's a few Div One schools there. A few Junior A teams. Uh, quite a bit of prep schools. Um, so me and my buddy that I was training with, we were on free ice on the other rank of the of the showcase. And uh, I knew uh, I knew like the director of the showcase quite a bit. So he asked me to go fill in a position um, for half a period. Wow. On the other side, in the midget in the midget junior showcase, so I, I went over, uh, didn't think anything of it, and then I guess Maine was in the stands. Uh, they see me play in the, in the showcase that I wasn't even in, and then uh, ended up getting uh, an offer the next day. Holy so shit! I thought of it with my family. Um, I think for my size, I don't think I was ready for junior uh, at that age. So we uh, we made the decision to verbally commit to Maine, and then. Um, I went to U17 uh, development camp, uh, I think it was the start of August, and um, I had two days when I got back to make a decision if I was going to go to Ramusi's camp or not, like the camp started, I got back a Sunday and the camp started Wednesday, I think it was, so I had to make a decision um, right away on if I was going to go go to camp and do like the, the 48-hour rule thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Ramusi convinced me to go, uh, I went there. Uh, first day was right into um, exhibition games. Um, ended up signing uh, at the end of day two, and then it's been roller coaster since then. So let me ask you something. I was gonna. I almost cut you off there. You trained all summer and then still showed up and weighed one forty four. So you were obviously trying to be a heavyweight in the league. Yeah, obviously. You know, you played with me, so um, you know <laughs> how important I take the gym and, and how much I weigh and how much I eat. So. You still are you still ripping those shoulder exercises or what? Uh, I got a bad shoulder this year, so unfortunately, I don't do those anymore. But they didn't work clearly. So I yeah, didn't. holy fuck, man! All those shoulder exercises. I thought your shoulders were untouchable. 
That's bullshit that your shoulders got fucked, man. That's bullshit, actually. This guy's working his shoulders every single day in the gym. That's all he did. Shoulder work. Yeah, you gotta protect the shoulders, man. Seriously, but I'm having some shoulder problems, too, right now. So, wait. Hold on, bro. So, you're on the, you're on a, you're on a separate sheet of ice. And this guy comes and say, hey, come fill in for a period. You come in yeah, to a game, like, fill in for a period, right. and get offered a fucking D1 contract the next day. Yeah, that's casual. That's, n- like, just, <laughs> just yeah, another fucking day in, uh, in the life of Carson. Holy fuck. Yeah, it was, uh... Like the like the program that puts a showcase on. I like grew up going like the hockey camp and stuff. So I knew, I know like the head guys there like my whole life. Okay. So I came over and they just asked if if I'd go over there just for half a game. And I ended up going over. And the worst thing is, I was I was actually playing as a defenseman. Holy shit, man! That's yeah, nice. I was playing as a defenseman. So like when they offered, like they offered as as a defenseman. Wow! Wow! They didn't know us forward. Wow, and you and, and you actually and you actually did the you played that period as a, as a D man. Yeah, yeah, I played. Holy the shit! I just want everyone everyone that's listening to know that it's that it's actually not that easy to get a day one commit. That's no, just, no, it's fun. not. But hey, everyone actually, but everyone that's listening in, there is something to take away with away from that, bro. Like, yeah, what if you had a terrible so, period? Yeah, there's all. Listen, man. You gotta be on your game at all times, cause yeah, look at this crazy. story right here. That's some of the craziest shit I've ever heard, bro. <laughs> yeah, honestly. you got make sure like if you're a young kid, man, make sure you're dialed in every period, bro, cause you don't know what can come out of that. Yo, that's nuts. One period, D one offer. That's that's dope. How are you? Dope. Love it. Love it. All right. I love even more. He just committed. He goes to goes to Ramusi's camp. Yeah, I love that shit. Signs the sheet. How are you? QMJHL, give me the visor. Mm-hmm. Call me Sid. What the visor, man? Call me Sid. <laughs> so listen. So like your brother, your brother obviously had a big influence in that decision. Correct or not? Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, it was one of those things where we knew how how good the NCAA league was but being from PEI it's not really that common to to go NCAA you know it's more like the junior A junior uh, major junior roots there so um I didn't really have anybody too close to me that went the college way but I mean at the end of the day I think either either roots a good a good decision like college colleges for certain players and juniors for certain players um but I think him helping me and him going there, uh, the same spot I was drafted. We played there for three years, so he knew what it was like. And then uh, Ramusi, they also won the league the year before, so there was quite a few roster spots open. So I kind of got put into a, a lucky situation where uh, they're looking to kind of rebuild the team. So I kind of got lucky, and at the same time, my my brother definitely helped me out quite a bit with making the decision when it came down to the. Sweet man. Sweet. Yo, listen, Carson, I wanted to ask you because you talked about going to Ramuski and kind of your brother was already there, so that kind of gave you some comfort. Um, also, your brother stayed with the same billet, and then you ended up going to that same billet and staying oh, yeah. there for your four years with, with Marie. 
Uh, and also got got to spend some of that time with me, actually. Shout out uh, Marie. Don't know her. Yeah, shout out to Marie. And uh, she doesn't like me at all, but she won't be listening <laughs> to this pod. She definitely won't be listening oh, to Oh, man. She actually, she might listen oh. to this pod because Carson's on and she's and he's her favorite. Oh, big but, Carson fan? Yeah, but she absolutely hates me, so... Let's just leave that at that. But hey, tell us about that. Tell us about um, living with Marie uh, for your four years. Because that's nuts, dude. Like having the same billet for four years, that's yeah, kind that's of dope. awesome. That's dope. And, and yeah. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. She, uh, she definitely hated you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it definitely made living there a lot easier going to going there, kind of already knowing, the, knowing who she was just from for my older brother and then um it actually played a well where andrew pickle when he was 16 my brother was like his billet brother there when he was 19 and then when i came in i was 16 and pickle was uh i think he was 18 or 19 but it worked out well where we kind of had the same roommate so it was uh it definitely made going to a new city and and a new everything really a lot easier kind of knowing what i was getting myself into and then I had the pleasure of living with Blatchy for, uh, what was it, a year? And uh, <laughs> yeah. we, have, we have some stories that, that we probably won't tell on the podcast, but you know, <laughs> it was a, a fun guy to live with. Oh, fucking right. I was going to ask. He just said, for those of you who didn't hear, he just said fun guy to live with. I was going to ask how awesome of a billet brother was I, but, like, I mean, I guess that kind of covers it. I uh, I drove Carson around in the blacked out Audi for a year. Uh, he was the coolest guy in town that year. And, uh, yeah, pretty much uh, all because of me. So you're welcome, Carson. Wait, wait. And, uh, yeah. You know what? While, while, while we're on it, while we're on it, Blatch, Carson, I want to ask you, man, like, did did this guy always have that that the head that he has? Has it always been that big? Like where where did do you know where the fuck he got this sheriff thing from? Like was that was that in Ramuski? Where the boy did the boys buy into that? Where they? Uh, that was way before Ramuski. Way before. Um, I don't know. He's he's that he's that junior hockey community kind of guy. You know, <laughs> boys. Uh, but when he came, we actually. Uh, his first, we picked him up when we, when we traded for him. We picked him up in Camelton, where he was playing junior A before. I think I think that's where we were, weren't you, Bob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we picked him up and we're going on the Maritime Road Trip. And I can't remember if it was his. I think it was his first game. We were playing Moncton, and no one really knew who this guy was. Just covered in tats, <laughs> shaved head, skin head. His first game. Uh, there was like a little scrum at the end of the period, and Lane uh, and Lane Cormier grabbed one of like it, it, nothing really came out of it, but he, he grabbed a, a smaller guy on our team. Lane Cormier is a tough guy, by the way. For those who don't know, <laughs> you gotta get it out there. Who did he grab? Did he grab Grise? I think yeah. I heard this. Yeah, thing. yeah, he got, he got, he got. Yeah, you play with Grise. Yeah, so shout out Grise, man. <laughs> and then um, we we're on the bench, and it was me, Simon Bork, and Dominic Cormier. You play with Don Cormier too. Yeah, and, I play with uh, Don. Blocky's left leg goes over. He's like, "Boy, should I go?" <laughs> We're like laughing, like, "I don't know, man. <laughs> it's not really a thing where he jumped the bench." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, the other leg comes over, and then uh, he's like, "Boy, like, what do I do?" And we just like looked at her and laughed, like, "You do you, man." And the next thing you know, it's, no, 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 no. You said go. <laughs> he's fucking. He's humming down the ice, and all I hear is Cormier, 
fucking dropping the gloves with him and get suspended for what was it? Five games? Six, six games. Six games. Six games. So that's kind of how we that's how we got introduced to Bocce, and then of course once we got comfortable, he made sure everyone. Knew his nickname was the sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what a, what a, what an intro though, eh? That's 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 funny. That's a good story. I always yeah, like to I always like to like to have a fight my, with my my first game with my first team. I did it with St. John. I did it with Ramuski. I did it with here. I did it here in U Sports. I had my first fight, my first game. So I think that's the best way to kind of introduce myself to the league, introduce myself to the team, <laughs> uh, show the boys what I'm all about. Go sheriffs in town, and, right? uh, Yeah, like let everybody know on the ice in the stands uh, <laughs> that the sheriffs in town. Oh yeah, man! Wasn't long after the the Instagram post was back saying. Sheriff's back or something. <laughs> yeah, that was like about 30 minutes after the fight. It was already up. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, so for those for those who don't know, um, so like can you run us through like what's a what's a day in the life like? Um through through like I don't know, let's say I don't know, you can run us through a practice day and then you can run us through a game day, kinda like step by step what it's like to be in the QMJHL. Yeah, well, here it's a little bit different than uh, it was in Ramuski. Um, we uh, we basically wake up. I wake up every morning around like six thirty in the morning, and then eat breakfast and head to the rink. And uh, I usually have about a two-hour practice. Um, then we'll have a team workout, and then from there it's just kind of on your own. The guys that have school, they have school. Uh, some guys are in CJEP, um, so they uh, they have their own little schedule, but. Uh, it's, it's just pretty normal for practice days and game days. It's uh, a little bit different. There's get a little bit more of a sleep in, then you have uh, a morning skate, and then all the boys usually head out for breakfast um, together. And you go home, take your pregame nap, um, get your pregame meal in, and then the rituals start to kick in, and you it's game time. Oh yeah, yo. While, while you mentioned that, you you said. Um... You mentioned rituals. I wanted to actually ask you if you had any, if you have any pregame rituals or even like a a go-to meal or or, or, or something like that. Maybe it's um, taping, a, taping a, a whole new stick. I know some guys do something like that, but if you had anything um, that you do in particular? Uh, I don't think like ritual-wise, meal-wise, I usually have some type of pasta. Okay. Um, but some guys are pretty crazy when it comes to rituals once you get to the rink like they have to do a certain thing at a certain time yeah um and if they don't it, it kind of throws them off but i'm not I'm not crazy like that i there's certain things that i do do just like i like to put on a certain like put on my my right side of gear before my left just take my oh, yeah? at a certain okay. time but if it doesn't happen then it's not going to ruin my game but mm-hmm. um i try not get, i'm trying not to get too too crazy with stuff like that Right, right. I see. I see. Hey, I want to ask you something because, like, listen, Marie's definitely not listening to this podcast. Let's uh, let's just be real. <laughs> um, she hated me for the stupidest reasons, right? Like, I remember this yeah. one time. Do you remember? Do you remember when she was so mad, complaining that I walked too loud? Walked too yeah, loud? Yeah, I would wake up to oh, pee yeah? in the middle of the night, and she would she would tell me every morning like. You wake me up because you walk too loud. Can you walk less? Can you walk quiet? Come on, you gotta be exaggerating that a little bit. No, 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 no! I swear to God. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, is is it? Am I lying? Uh, you're not lying. Sorry, she, she 
definitely did hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, how many how many footsteps were up there? Were you sneaking a sneaking a couple couple? No, of, no, man. I, mean, I was no, no, not at all. I was her neighbor. This is this is a thing. I mean, it was easy for Carson to be her favorite. He lived downstairs. She lived upstairs. <laughs> I literally had the room right next to her. She can hear my every move. She hated me. She hated me. I would put a little bit of music. She hated it. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, listen, um, I want it because so you played in Ramuski. Uh, so your 16 year, you played 65 games. That's nuts because 16 year olds don't usually play 65 games. Right. And, and you got to. That's pretty much every single game. That's every single game, right? Give or take uh, a couple probably. I played 68, so I just missed three. Okay, so three. You finished with 14 points. Um you followed up your next year with 27, uh, played full year in Ramuski, then another full year in Ramuski, 35 points, another full year in Ramuski, 46 points. Every year getting better, not a big deal. And then you get traded to Gatineau. Um, talk to us about the difference between Ramuski and Gatineau because you were settled in in Ramuski. That was kind of pretty much your home. And now you get traded a whole new, new whole town. New but but still in the same league. Like mm-hmm. you know, Gatineau. You know the league. You're a vet in the league, super vet in the league, and you're an assistant captain right now in your first year right. there. Your only year there. So right, Gatineau's got to be different too, right? Yeah. Like it's, the scene, the scene's got to be a lot different, right? I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely different. Um, I mean, I think anything's gonna be different when you when you're in a certain place for a certain amount of years and, and you right. switch to uh it's, it's kind of a whole different scenery here but um Ramusi, like Blatt, you, you can say like the main focus there around the city was just pure hockey definitely like at, like everywhere you went you you were known as like the ocean like that was that's really the only thing they have but here uh Gatineau is right next to Ottawa so you know there's the the 67s right. the CFL team the Senators so like Gatineau, the Olympic like aren't uh, like the the talk of the town around here really, um, mm. but uh, it's definitely it definitely is different at the same time. Uh, just like just like everything like, here's like just a an old an older culture like you guys both played in the rink here. It's a it's a barn. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's a darker barn. barn. Playing the league. Yeah, um, but. Uh, the, the history they have here, like I, I didn't know this, but I'm, I think they won the most Prez Cups in in the queue. It's like they have they have a crazy history here. Yeah, but, they do. They they, um, they win. They win. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely different here, but um, I kind of got lucky where uh, my cousins live in Ottawa, so oh, I, I nice. get to live with them. It's only like a oh nice, drive, so nice. It's not too bad, but um, having Ottawa right next to you too is kind of nice, just for off days now there's always something to do in in ottawa so it's definitely uh different but at the same time it has its has its perks Definitely. Definitely. What you said about Ramuski is so true, dude. Ramuski, I always say Ramuski was like my favorite place to play just because like I would go to the bar and random people would come up to me and just blatch man <laughs> just know who I am. Yeah. Cuz I was a fucking yeah. nail gun on You're the team out of the Yeah. Like <laughs> Hey, listen, Carson, I want to tell a quick story uh, touching on Ramuski and uh, the fame that we got there. Because sometimes I tell this story and I know people don't believe me. 
Okay, I know they don't believe me. So here we're gonna get it on the pod. We're gonna get, get proof it out from there, a guy guys. on the team. All right. Get it out. Get it out. So playoffs. Um, my 18 year. So that was your 17 year, right? We played against St. John in playoffs. Yeah. First round. So and, yeah, round. first round we're playing against St. John. Um, they ended up winning the cup that year, and I ended up scoring a goal that uh, round. Not a big deal. So. Um, the owner comes in, he puts a treasure chest in the middle of the of the room, and he tells us how much money we would get if we win the round, right? And each yeah, game, and yeah. blah, 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 and etc. So he, he motivates us, right? And the treasure chest, it stays in the middle of the room. We think it's full of money. We're a bunch of idiots. Anyway, um, the, 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 the series ends. We get swept. <laughs> we get swept for rip. Um, we're in the room, you know, um, we're getting ready to go to the bar. The season's over and, uh, we, we, we open up the treasure chest. What's in the treasure chest? A bunch of bills, fake bills with my face on it. Come on. My face on the bills. Yeah. So what do we do? We grab a bunch of the money, take it all to the bar. Come on. And the money is being thrown all over the bar with my <laughs> face on it. There is money all over the sickest and only bar in Ramuski with my face on it. Everybody's there. It was nuts. Come on. Yeah. Like, like, is that true or no? Yeah, that is a true story. Oh, my God. Why, why oh. his face was on it was beyond me. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that the- is true. Uh, I remember the Colts came in with this uh, little cheap treasure chest, and they put a lock on it. And then they let us open it after the season was over. And we all pulled these $100 bills, and oh, fuck. And we pulled them up, and fucking blotchy bald heads on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. I but love yeah, that. that is a true story. Oh yeah, my so God. so that's when you know you made it, guys. When you got money with your face on it all over yeah, the bar. After a quick four games, man. Imagine I didn't have a girlfriend in that time. The amount of yeah, yeah, she excited to see the fucking monopoly take, money all over the all over the oh, floor. Come on, Ramuski, man, the come only on. bar in Ramuski, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, back to Carson. Yeah. Um. Man, Blatch kind of mentioned it before, um, but if you could elaborate a little more, like when I when I was looking up, um, obviously I played for played against you um, a couple years in the queue. Um, yeah, and I, I remember Carson was always a really good player, man. Like he's he's pretty reliable everywhere on the ice. Yeah, he, he's he, he 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 fucking buries when he needs to bury. He's a good dish. He's a smart player. He's a really 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 fucking cool player. Um, but it seems like you got better every single year that you played in the queue. Um, like Blatch was saying before, you put up 14 points your first year, next year, 27, then 35, your 19 year, you get 46 and you're off to a pretty good start right now with 22 and 27 games. I just kind of wanted to ask you about, um, the type of player that you are and, and how you think that playing in the, playing in the queue over the years, obviously you, you, you've adapted and, and you've been able to, I mean, put up more, more, num- more numbers, um, in that sense, how how you think you've improved over the years? Uh, I think the, like just the biggest thing is just confidence, confidence. and the experience you get like over the years. Like you guys all went through the junior thing, and you know how it is with 
the older you get, the, the more confident you are. But um, I think just just growing as a player, getting getting more used to the league, uh, knowing what works and, and what doesn't work. Like you're playing against some pretty big boys, so I think um, there's some guys that uh, come in here and, and, and sometimes their game just doesn't work what they did in midget, which is just like pure skill guy. But um, I think what helped me was just that, like I was never, I was never a, a real big skill guy kind of thing. I was just more one of those uh, kind of solid 200 foot players. So I think um, as as the years went through, uh, the coaches like helped me. Uh, they, you know, they kind of taught me how to bring that game to another level where. You know, if, if you're playing a third-line defensive role, like it doesn't cut your offense off you right away. Um, you can use that as 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 getting better because you're playing against the, the other team's third line or stuff like that. So I think just like confidence and uh, and and kind of learning how the league works, and and then the coaches helped me a lot. I had the same coach for three years, and he uh, he helped me a lot. He put me, in, uh, he gave me opportunities that put confidence in my game, and uh, you know, he kind of taught me the ways of. Of, of how to make my game uh, get better and better as, as the years gone. Yeah, definitely, man. And and, and kind of kind of going off that, like what you you mentioned that um, you mentioned like being a for for a second when you were you were you were a third line guy and you, and then you mentioned how you were a reliable guy to two hundred foot player type, and I, I'm I'm pretty similar in that sense. I I think that like playing a lot of guys, I think they get kind of caught up in their head, especially if you're. Um, a younger guy, or just anybody in general, just listening. Like sometimes we think that if we're not putting up all those numbers, all those, like, like you're not getting, you're not getting, you're not producing your points or, or or this and that. It doesn't mean that you're not improving as a player. Because like 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 Carson had said, there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of things that you can improve with your game um, that aren't that aren't um, necessarily stats. I mean Carson definitely has decent stats. Don't get me wrong, but um, but there are things like like playing on the third line. You learn roles that. That um, that are very important. That are definitely going to help throughout in your hockey career. I mean, a reliable a reliable player is a very valuable player. You know what I mean. So it's like, um, I definitely I definitely can relate to that. That's a pretty good point, brother. Oh yeah, like I played with I played with you, Carson, and um, I know that Carson's the kind of guy that prides himself um, in the little things like kind of blocking shots, psycho. And uh, <laughs> chipping the puck and stuff like that. Um, but then, yeah, he puts the puck in the back of the net once in a while. That's uh, I kind of play like Carson, except for the putting the puck in the back of the net, and uh, <laughs> and I don't and I don't glue my gloves to my to my hands. Oh. Uh, but uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, seriously, like um, that's what a lot of guys got to take from from this. I think it's uh, there's different roles in hockey, and uh, you play your role very well, and I think that's why. You've been able to excel um, in the top junior league in the world. Five um, years, five years. Everybody, li- li- listen to this. Listen, you guys heard us say the stats that Carson had um, two times. And yes, Carson has good stats, man. He has good stats, but like, they're they're definitely. I mean, uh, they're not they're not the the most the craziest stats in the world. But this guy played five years in one of the best junior leagues in the world, man. And improved every and improved year. every single year. And not just that, but like to play as a twenty year old in the league is like tougher than people people think. We talk about this 
Um, I, I don't, actually don't think we've talked about this. Oh, yeah, we talked about it a little bit in uh, Carl's interview. Um, but, yeah, like, so you, you can only have three 20s on every team in the queue. So um, for you to be able to play as a 20 is... Uh, is a huge, uh, huge, huge honor, and uh, I just wanted to say what I was saying earlier is that like you know you came into the league knowing your role and you've just bettered your role every year. You haven't tried anything too much, and I think that's what's kept you in the lineup and kept you successful is that you know your role, you play your role very well, and uh, you improve on the little things uh, that help your game every year. And um, I think people um, can benefit from hearing this because a lot of guys get caught up in uh, trying to play a role that they're just not. And uh, you can play in the top leagues not as a goal scorer. You can play in the top leagues as a third-line guy that's just reliable, that kills penalties. You can play in the league even as a, as a guy who doesn't really produce points at all but just brings a bunch of, bunch of energy and, and hits guys and stays disciplined. Uh, and that stuff so like there's different roles in the game and people excel and Carson's a great example of somebody who excelled at their role and managed to play five full years in the queue and um, uh, played with some some unbelievable players and and that's actually leading to my next question Uh, you I played with him for 10 games of a season Uh, got to know him a little bit he's a great guy he's a beauty and uh, he's obviously unbelievable. But what was it like to play with uh, Alexi Lafreniere, the next uh, first overall pick in the NHL coming up, uh, the draft coming up? Uh, he's an absolute stud. He's the captain of the Muski Oceanic right now in his NHL draft year. Uh, tell us a bit of what it's like to play with him. And you had an A on the same team while he had an A on the team, correct? Yeah, um, that was last year. He... Uh me and him both got assistant captains, but um, yeah, you play with him for a bit. Uh, he's he's one of the guys that you're kind of in awe when you watch him, especially in practice. With like his, his individual, the skill set he has is ridiculous. Like uh, he's built like a man. Um, he came in at 16, like one 190 pounds or something like that. He's just he was just dominant right right from when he came in. Um, but I think what what separates him from everything about how good he is is how how good of a guy he is off the ice like you said like he's one of those guys that if you if you play if if you met him for the first time you wouldn't think he was potentially a first overall pick in the NHL like he's just just another guy he's uh he likes to have fun he's just he's just another guy that that, that enjoys himself and doesn't bring hockey with him everywhere he goes which makes it uh so much better to be around him um but yeah, his, uh, his skill set's something special. Um, I played against him a few weekends ago, and he scored a highlight real goal. It's been all over uh, Instagram accounts, Sports Center. It's been everywhere. But um, he's one of those guys that if you give him space, he's going to make you look stupid. So in practice, I always made sure that if he was up, I'd go to the back of the line or something like that. <laughs> he was uh, He's definitely a special player, and he's, uh, he's an even better guy to be around. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, that's my take on him, too. I just wanted to get a take from you. You played with him for a longer time than I did. But that guy is a full-on beauty. Like, he doesn't have a big head at all. He's a humble guy. He's buddies with everyone um, on the team. He's He goes out with the boys. He has fun. He's, uh, he's a hell of a player. He's committed to the game. 
He's a, he's, he's, like, he's a first overall pick, man. That's all I got to say. That's awesome, that man. That's fucking awesome. Seriously. Wow. That's awesome, man. What a player. But back to you. Uh, you're in your you're in your twenty year old year now. Um, you're having a great year. Um, do you have? Are you thinking ahead at all? Uh, do you have any plans for next year, or are you just waiting it out, seeing how the year goes? Um, there's no no plans like set in stone right now. Uh, my brother, he he chose to go university away, and then after his three years, he went pro. So that's definitely an option, but. Um, there's no closed doors right now or, or, or something I'm, I'm going to do for sure yet. Uh, there's still uh, quite a bit of hockey to play yet, so it's kind of one of those things when the time comes, um, I'll make that decision. But uh, just trying to enjoy the, the last little bit of junior I got because it's scary to think about that. It's almost over. But, um, yeah, there's, there's nothing that's set in stone quite yet. Oh, yeah, man, I hear you. Um, definitely, definitely uh... – there's definitely a lot of options. Definitely a lot of options. Like you said, you mentioned your brother did the university thing, and uh, then then pro. Um, but it's it's cool, and if you especially if you're if you're planning on going to the queue, and then you don't end up signing a pro deal. Guys that are listening, if you if you don't end up signing a pro deal or whatever, going to university, just listen listen to what Carson said. Like his brother did it. You know what I mean? Like you can still, don't don't think your career is over after the queue. I know we mentioned that on another podcast like or, or on the chl in general just going out there like your, your, your career is still live way live man carson's in his um in his fifth year man he i'm, I'm sure he's from the sound of it um he has no no intention of slowing down but but kind of kind of getting back to hockey bro i wanted to ask you a little bit um just about like ups and downs in your in in your career or just when you've been feeling down, you're going on a, I don't know, maybe you have a rough couple games. Maybe the coach is fucking on you or, or something like that. How do you kind of... No, uh, talk to us about your dry streaks because you go, you go hot and cold sometimes, eh? So talk to us about that. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, How do you battle through, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something that, like everyone everyone goes through no matter what Definitely, level yeah. of hockey you're playing, but... Um, Obviously, like every every game you want to like do the best you can, but um, and you know there's there's no one that's harder on me than myself. Um, but I think I think the biggest thing like I when the coaches are hard on me, like if shit, shit's not going my way, it was just getting back like to little things in my game, uh, just like things that I can control that'll that'll make me an effective player. Yeah. Um, whether that's like finishing every check, uh, playing, making sure I play responsible defensively, don't cheat. Uh, just like little things that that can make a difference. Like every night, you're not going to score a goal. It's just just the way it is. As, as much as I want it to happen, it's not going to happen. Um, but that's something like I've I've always kind of uh, liked to do is just make sure uh, that I constantly do the the littlest things right that can give me the best opportunity to to play to play the best hockey I can. Definitely, man. That's a good point. And like kind of going off that again. Um... It, it's it I think that like you definitely I mean from my experience at least um you're in your 20 year now um when I played my 20 year old year especially like you have those experiences um where there are those ups and downs and that and that shit maybe the coach is on you or and you got to just focus on the little things that you can control and, and, and shit like that um but as an older guy in the room now as a 20 year old um I think that's it's pretty important, kind of, because you're you're seen as a role model and example to a lot of a lot of uh, younger guys in the room. Like I wanted to ask you, um, 
at like taking on that role as a 20-year-old guy and now actually with a new team in Gatineau, um, do you see a big difference um, in comparison to the to the previous years you've played? Like, do you think that like, being a 20-year-old as as in the league, like Blatch said, and you only allowed 20, you only allowed three 20s on each team. Do you think that it's it's maybe changed out how you perceive the game, or even like off the ice in general, like for 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 the younger guys that maybe um, looking towards you? Yeah, um, really. When it, like when I think of like stuff like that, I just think like well, when I was younger, how the how the twenty year olds acted around like the younger guys and and kind of what it was like to be a rookie and um, how how the good twenty year olds handle themselves. I think we can we can agree like there's there's some there's some average twenty year olds and there's the the real good twenty year olds and there's the real good twenty year olds that are that are the best kind of guys to be around off the ice and um i think like like the, the the veterans i had when i was younger um they weren't they weren't those vets that were just you know the assholes they're they're too cool to be around the the young guys kind of thing like i think um i took a lot from that like i think the best best 20 the best 20 year olds i played with would have been boland and, and dub mcfalls and they're two pretty high-end guys in the in the queue, for, especially in their last few years, um, but just the way they they acted on and off the ice, you know, uh, as a twenty, you're 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 kind of expected to to be one of the the top guys on your team uh, night in night out because you have to lead by example. So I think just the biggest thing is uh, not not letting my not letting my head get too big, just just to make sure like I um, buddies with everyone on and off the ice, not that not that asshole veteran to yeah. all the younger guys and. And, and just try and enjoy the, the last year of junior because I, I don't want to look back at, at it and, and regret it doing something. So I'm just trying to enjoy and, and play the best hockey I can and, and uh, be the best example I can too. Sweet. Yeah, definitely. What you said about the 20-year-olds, I mean, I think uh, I, I've had some unbelievable 20-year-olds uh, in junior through my experience. And I think what you said is true. Like usually the best players are the best role models but at the same time I can speak for a lot of guys that played as 20 year olds just for being just the best guys like I know I didn't play with him while he was 20 but I know Cole Reginato he played in uh, St. John like just because he was a great guy and he ended up having a great 20 year old year but regardless he would have been there and because he was such a great guy and um, same with Boko Imama, he was also the toughest guy in the league and ended up getting 41 goals his 20, 20 year. But um, he, he, he was there because he was just a, an awesome guy, did everything for the boys, protected the boys, and stuff like that. And I think uh, what you said is, is the best way to do it. Just take your best experiences with your 20-year-olds and just kind of feed off that. And that's leading into my next question. What do you think is the biggest difference between your 16-year-old year your rookie year going into your rookie year, and now your 20-year-old year going into your 20-year and playing your 20-year. What's, like, the biggest difference other than the nerves and shit like that? What What do you see as the biggest from difference? A, from a personal or, like, the league-wise? Both. Um, I think just, like, just, just as a player, just like the confidence you have in yourself, like you know you're in the league, you you know you're here for a reason. So just um, being comfortable with your game uh, and having the confidence in yourself, um, 
like that's like the biggest difference I can think. Like I remember uh, 16 being this shy little skinny kid. I'm, I'm still skinny, but I'm, I'm not as shy as I used to be. But um, I think uh, I think I think just just the personal confidence you have, like the as the years go by, you you start to to realize that the player you are and and uh, the, the the game grows for you a little bit. So I think just confidence wise, but um, from a league wise, I don't think too much has changed. Uh, I think maybe there's a few more tough guys in the league. When I first came in, there was uh, Turkos, Imama. I think I think every team had one or two tough guys every on every team. So I think from a league wise, I think change would be the the fights. And then like I think it was my 17 year old year, the that fight rule got put in where I think it's, it's ten fights. Yeah, ten fight thing. Yeah, it was my 17-year-old year. It was your 16-year-old year. Yeah, so um, I think from a league-wise, like nothing, nothing too major has changed. But I think just, just like it, just like it is an all hawk, like the the physical thing of it is kind of changing. All right. So the biggest difference is uh, confidence, and uh, it's a bit less tougher. A bit, I kind of more skill and uh, a bit more money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. That's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. We'll take that. But hey, listen, Carson, um, unbelievable uh, interview. Uh, I just want to say thanks for coming on. You're our first QMJHL guest, so that's a huge deal. You're our first CHL guest, so an even bigger deal. Um, you're a veteran in the league, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to get uh, some beneficial info from this uh, from this podcast. So we thank you for being our guest on episode three. Um, and uh, we hope you had a great time. Alright, unreal boys. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, brother. No time for gibberish. All the critics hearing this. All the bitches lipstick and a pussy slippery. I can call a troop. Go by the name of Duke. Uh, can't but can't go roots. I can send a moose. Woo. Niggas stole a chain, but I ain't worried, fool. I'm gonna keep on spinning till they tell me who. Ooh, ooh. Diamonds speak a boo. Ooh, ooh. I done fought the crew. Ooh, ooh. I done did the robbing. I done did the jacking. Now I'm full rapping. I put on my brothers. I put on my bitch, had to wear the dress, cause I had a stick, you know where the bag at, tell me where it is, I came from rats to riches on the shit, I can no longer disguise a bitch, cause I'm rich, I got cause go lola bitch, cause I'm rich, I escaped everyone in the list, cause I'm supposed to be rich, I don't care about no cop, I'm telling you just how it is, I don't gotta throw you shit like captain, I got seven bitches with me capping it. Yeah, I repeat this here. I can tell you how to get rich. I can tell you how to die or how to live in this bitch. I can tell you how to talk the most impeccable shit. I can show you how to walk like you got decimals, bitch. Show you how I can get the top from all the top ten bitches. I got white out of rods and I my ceiling. I got lights on, baby. I got mouse in this bitch. No flat zone, caught you like your mouse in this bitch. Grown tycoon and I took some losses, you bitch. I'm a boss, but I don't like to take a loss in this bitch. Such a player, but I can't get caught all of my bitches. I got 
layers, I got millions, I got all type of billions. Fuck around and add a pussy nigga out like Lenny. Last nigga tried me, almost got popped in Linux. Ask the cops, ask the detectives, they know all the business. Ask the cops and the detectives of all the jurisdictions. Ask the kids at school who ambition, all the missions. Gave the lawyer close to two mil, he handled all the killings. I don't know and I don't wanna know who flogged business. I don't know what's going with, bro, I think they all spilling. We don't speak about shit on wax, it's all my business. We know to kill the biggest cats of all kiddies. Ooh, ooh, diamonds pick a boo. Ooh, ooh, I done fought the crew. Ooh, ooh, I done did the robbing. I done did the jacking. Now I'm full rapping. I put on my brothers. I put on my bitch. Had to wear the dress, cause I had a stick. You know where the bag at, tell me where it is. I came from rats to riches on the shit. I can no longer disguise a bitch, cause I'm rich. I got cause good lol bitch, cause I'm rich. I escaped everyone in the list, cause I'm supposed to be rich. I don't care about no cop, I'm telling you just how it is.